102.5 FM, KXSFLP, San Francisco, and KXSF.FM. You're tuned in to Spark, informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. This is Kelly Marlowe, host of Spark. In December of 2020, United States economy lost 140,000 jobs. All of them were held by women. Many are turning to gig work as a larger part of their income are becoming solopreneurs and even entrepreneurs. It is a growing trend during this time. How can one thrive as a solopreneur or entrepreneur during this pandemic? Today, I'm talking with Claudia Vig, founder of Invest in Women Entrepreneurs. She has been a pioneer in microenterprise and business incubation in California. She will share how solopreneurs and entrepreneurs can thrive during this time. Thank you for joining me on Spark today, Claudia. I'm very glad to be here and to talk about small business with you, Kelly. What are many women business owners facing during this pandemic? Like many businesses, women are facing stress, but I think they're also got way more on their shoulders than the typical male business. In addition to loss of customers and loss of their employees due to either sickness or having to lay them off or the fact that their own employees need to be at home with their kids. They have limited time to spend on their own business, often due to childcare. And also, the types of businesses that women tend to own are in personal services sector, you know, food, retail. These sectors have been hardest hit by the pandemic closures. But I'd like to point out, though, that this crisis has also forced women to be creative and to look at ways to bring more money into their household. Would many women moving into gig economy or becoming solopreneurs during this time, since there's a lot of transition that may be happening from their jobs, what would your advice be for them who are saying, I need to have more control over what I'm doing and my work, so this is maybe the best time for me to go in that direction. What are your recommendations? Okay, first of all, um, when we say gig work or solopreneurs, we're referring to freelancers, people who have 1099s, who are consultants, and some do actually supplement their income by driving for Lyft or Uber or delivering for Instacart. But the best advice I can give is to get support as you rethink your business or think about starting a business. You can get free coaching from a women's business center in your community or region or a small business development center. You're not alone. I think it's really important to realize that. There are also a variety of loans and grants being made now to small businesses from the feds and your state and even from local cities to help you. And I mentioned women's business centers and small business development centers. You can find those online. If you just Google the Small Business Administration, they will find you the ones in your state or local. But these resources can help you access sources of capital and also get you some training that you need to fill in your skill set. Well, when I was talking about gig, I was thinking of more project-based work that's Mm -hmm. now driving a lot of people's income. 
And you have sites like Upwork or Fiverr where they can go and they can become a consultant or freelancer on particular jobs. And that may be the way for them to build and become a real business or entrepreneur through that route. Yes, there are platforms for which you can sell your skills or your crafts. I mean, there's just an incredible amount of online outlets for for marketing yourself. But you also need to find out which the best ones are and also how to navigate them. And that's why I keep repeating getting getting help and support from a program in your community. Well, ideally, if you could build a list of clients on those platforms and start your own business that way as well. That's true. That's true. And the great thing about Upwork is that you can be living in a small town and still get access to large clients. Well, the thought is that, let's say if you were a graphic designer and you were laid off, you could go to Upwork, you could start marketing your skills there, and over time, build a client list from that platform. And let's say you then have 10 clients, that could keep you busy enough, and then you have your own business and you're a solo premier. You could even test out, I guess, from an entrepreneur standpoint, I think the question becomes, how would you define a difference? Because they're entrepreneurs who work for themselves and then they're entrepreneurs who have the bigger team. How do you see the difference? Well, it's interesting. A lot of successful solopreneurs actually keep a lot of other solopreneurs employed as 1099 support. In fact, this statistic is a little bit out of date now, but about four years ago, we saw that there were over $2 billion of income was generated by solopreneurs to other freelancers. That's real money. And it's, it's definitely part of the economy that we don't talk about very much, but it's definitely real. And it really depends on your own needs and abilities to grow your business, to employ other freelancers to do the work that you're generating from various contracts. There are also groups that help to certify women business enterprises to get corporate contracts. They're called Women Business Enterprise Council. And there's a national one, WBENC, Women Business Enterprise National Council, WeBank. And that's a great source of access to clients that you can access virtually to. The biggest concern for those transitioning into gig or solopreneurship is ramping up and sustaining stability. What are your thoughts about how best to ramp up quickly and sustain one's business? Yeah, if you've lost your job or you want to take your sideline business and make it full time, you need to do a business plan to guide your decision making. We're all feeling very pressured and stressed out now to make money and to pay the bills. So I recommend just taking a deep breath, listening to Calm or another meditation app, and think about what do you need to know first? Who is your market? How will you reach them? Do you have the technology skills to sell your product or service online, which is really key now? And I'm not talking about a 200-page business plan. The Lean Canvas 
This is one technique. It's a book, and you can find out about it online, the Lean Canvas. It's an easy and flexible, fast way to start the planning process for your business. And there's also an app that I often recommend called Centro, C-E-N-T-R, Community, centrocommunity.org. And that helps you build a simple plan and do a budget and also project your sources of revenue and your flow of cash. This is getting a roadmap really going for your new business, no matter how small you want it to be. It's really important to think that through. And obviously, you're going to be thinking about where you're going to get the funds to start up or invest in your growth. One thing, Kelly, if you own your home, you might want to consider taking out a home equity line of credit because interest rates are low now. But you have to ask yourself, how much extra debt can you handle right now? Are there grants or perhaps create a GoFund? What if you don't own a home, right? Like you don't have backup equity line. What are the resources that can be of help at this time? Let me um, go over a few resources that I'm familiar with. And you mentioned crowdfunding, and there are a number of people that can help guide you in making decisions about what type of crowdfunding you want to do. But if you go into crowdfunding, if you Google it, you will find a number of really excellent advisory resources for that. And there's also a women's crowdfunding assistance, too, which is very helpful. There are a whole range of them, though, and, but let me talk about some other resources that are available. The PPP loans, which people have heard about and which you know didn't reach a lot of very small businesses the first round, the second round now, these loans are available again, and they're targeting very small businesses now. I mentioned women's business centers and small business development centers, and also your small business administration district office, and it's in every state, has at least one or more, they can guide you to a lender. That lender could be a bank, community bank usually, or a community development financial institution, which is a nonprofit bank. And there are a lot of them. Opportunity Fund is a national nonprofit lender that's working with very small businesses, exactly the kind we're talking about, targeting women, targeting entrepreneurs of color, but anybody can apply. I mentioned also your small business administration district office. They offer webinars and they can refer you to lenders who can help you too. Now in California, which I know the best, our state has offered a very good term loan fund called California Rebuilding Loan Fund has a 4% interest rate in very flexible terms. If you Google California Rebuilding Loan Fund, you can get access to the website. I have it here if you'd like me to read it. And the other resource in California is very recently has been the California Small Business Relief Fund, and it is a grant that for up to $25,000, depending on the size of the business. It's called the California Small Business COVID-19 Relief Grant Program. And they are going gangbusters and they've already made $500 million in loans already have been made in just like a month. And they're going to be putting more, more funding in that. But other states, because I realize the listeners are coming from other states too, every state has its own loan or grant program and you have to dig to find it. Most of these funds, though, are for existing businesses. What if you're starting fresh or new right now? 
Yes, you have to be in business for a year. That's true for the two that I mentioned. And especially the loan fund, you have to show that your business was successful or was at least, you know, breaking e and you're at least breaking even now. Yes, there are restrictions on that. But with the grant programs, there is more flexibility. But it's like with any small business, I mean, finding the capital is very difficult. Friends, family, savings, IRAs, home equity. And then, as you mentioned, crowdfunding can work for some people because you can pre-sell your product and in this way, get some support from your community. And that takes some savvy. You actually have to yes. do how to sell your yes. product and get people excited to want to support you. Yeah, and I can talk a little bit about where you can find some of that support, too, if you'd like to. Yes, that would be great. I think that's important. As I mentioned before, getting this type of support is essential to help you thrive and keep hopeful. I tend to emphasize that kind of personal support and information over capital because you don't always want to increase your debt. But, you know, that's a, everybody's an individual on that. The women's business centers that I mentioned before, they provide coaching. This is free. Coaching, connections to markets and to peers and to resources, digital skills and skill-building workshops, and also information and referrals to capital. Your local chambers of commerce and minority chambers have also created COVID response help for small businesses. But, you know, if you don't find any support in your own in your community, create a group yourself. It's even good for business. Like if you're a spa owner or you make beautiful crafted jewelry, go to Facebook and Instagram and find out who's doing some similar work and convene an online group to share your struggles and resources. I mean, Kelly, you know, we live in a world where information's at your fingertips and in formats that can fit your lifestyle and your schedule. There are podcasts like yours <laughs> as far as LinkedIn groups and Twitter feeds are great for learning new professional skills, cybersecurity, for example, digital marketing, where you can keep up with trends in small business and in your industry, connecting with members of groups you identify with professionally. For example, at Black Women Owned is one you know, Twitter feed where you can connect with women like yourself who are building your, their businesses. And depending on the stage of your small business, you can be an active participant on LinkedIn or Twitter and engage in discussions and provide your own experience. I think what's important and, you know, in that technology connection is not feeling shy in reaching out. And you have to be really savvy because there are a lot of people who are open to creating community or creating a network. You just have to know how to do it well. And that's the part where it may take a little bit of time to come up to speed. Right. And that's why getting advice and coaching from, you know, an expert in these small business administration funded programs, women's business centers, SBDCs, and like I even mentioned, local chambers, these people, they've been talking to hundreds of people, if not thousands of people like yourself, and they can give you some direction and support and just kind of be a sounding board as well. SCORE is another free service offered by the federal government, which also provides volunteers to help you as a sounding board. And I, I personally work as a mentor volunteer for young adult entrepreneurs through skiesthelimit.org, skiesthelimit, S-K-Y-S, 
sketsthelimit.org. I have 4,000 young entrepreneurs under 30, 18 to 30, who get free advice from experienced small business people like myself. They're in small towns in the South. Uh, I had worked with somebody from Macon, Georgia, and somebody from Philadelphia, and that's a fantastic resource to get a whole different viewpoint on your business development. As you pointed out, it's that personal connection or support that makes the Uh most difference during that time. Do you have Uh any suggestions as to the best way to create that community of support? I'm just thinking about some examples of some women business owners that I know of who've gotten support and also just thought outside the box and and did something different that turned out to be successful. Let me just tell you about a few of them. Some examples, Gabriella Mo is a woman who had Seasons Catering, or she has, she currently continues with Seasons Catering in Ventura County. She had, you know, 20 employees. She was a very successful catering company, but she lost all her contracts you know, when COVID hit last year. So she regrouped, she reached out, And, you know, through contact, she began delivering meals to hospitals and nursing homes. She worked with a women's business center called WEAVE, Women Economic Ventures, in Ventura County. And she says that the support that she got in helping her think through what her next steps were going to be made all the difference, and it helped raise her confidence. Now she's retained not all her employees, but some of her employees, and she has a whole new base of customers for her catering business. I think it's important to get inspiration when you're when you're feeling the way so stressed out. What was it that made her successful during this time? Just to be clear, is it because she branched out to other venues that she wouldn't have mm-hmm. thought of branching yes. out to? And then yes. she figured out how to get the contacts for those venues that she originally wouldn't have been catering to. You look at your existing network of contacts and then you see where the needs are in your community. And so she reached out. I mean, there was a lot of crisis services going on. You know, people were isolated. And so she saw where the pain points, I want to talk about that a little bit later too. She saw where the pain points were in her community and she regrouped or pivoted and she redesigned her business, reinvented herself. So now when things start going back to normal, she has a whole new base of clients and she'll also have her catering company too. Another example is Judy Henderson here in Oakland in the Bay Area. She has a company called Mannequin Madness, and she recycles store mannequins, a very unusual business. Now, you know, because retail is kind of dead, and it's been dead for a while, she is now using the mannequins for art and photography purposes, and she has people using her warehouse as a studio for photography and art projects. And she has people buying the mannequins and using them for art projects. So she's very positive. She's just trying to find new ways to use what she's got and use her relationships to build that. It sounds like what's important in terms of skills that you need right now, besides technology, being technology Mm -hmm. savvy, is that you have to be a creative problem solver in terms of coming yes. up with new opportunities. Are there any other skills that you believe are really important right now? Is there Sometimes they're qualities as much as skills. You know, perseverance, staying positive, 
reaching out to your network of customers and finding out what they need and how you can reach that need, maybe in some different ways, as I've mentioned, digital, selling online, your services, as well as your product. You asked me where some of the opportunities were before, for example, a hairdresser could do home calls and wear a mask, creating online stores for you and others and marketing it to everybody, friends, family, former customers, research platforms like Shopify, they can do it for you so you can focus on the marketing. So you have the back uh, office platform, so to speak. But one example, too, is Maria Garcia in um, Southern California. She had a churros and chocolate. It was called churros y chocolate. And she pivoted from having a cafe to doing a drive-up business. She, again, put flyers out. She, She contacted everybody through her texting, you know, and Twitter to market this delicious food that she made by hand and had people come up, drive up. And people, I'm sure you feel this way too. I know I really appreciate homemade things, especially food. (laughs) And you see long lines in front of bakeries in my neighborhood because people are just really wanting that nurturing, homemade, artisanal food product. She tapped into that need and she's not making lots of money, but she's at least generating some income and keeping herself out there. So it sounds like you have to really focus on and ask what your audience really want at this time and really understand what that looks like instead Uh of producing what you think needs to be made that's convenient for your skills and your ability to deliver in that perhaps it's about asking those questions of what's going to make that difference for the people that you really want to serve. Yeah, exactly. In addition to, you know, using your social media contacts and relationships, look around you. Where are the pain points? For example, after school care or any resources for school children that will relieve their parents, making art and music, socially distanced, maybe in an unused church or at the playground when it's not raining. Tree Frog Treks in San Francisco has been around for a few years. My son used to work for them when he was in college. They have science-based outings after virtual school day for a fee, and parents just can't wait to sign their kids up for it. My friends have very young boys, and they love it. It's working well for them. Online storytelling could be something that that you can provide, and not just for children, but for adults, too. We all like yes. to have somebody read stories to us, right? It's comforting. And I mentioned creating an online store. Healthcare workers for seniors or people who would go to rehab but need to be cared for at home because of COVID restrictions, that's another type of opportunity physical therapist. Pilates and exercise are interesting because you can do that now virtually and it's and you can reach a much wider audience and make good money. And some people go into homes as well. It depends on how you feel about that. And I think as we get more vaccinations, we're going to see some of that open up. But you can also, as the weather gets better, I see people working out on the sidewalks with their clients. And again, that's a way that you can make pretty good money. And also people need to stay in shape. So important. Housekeeping care. 
janitorial businesses are going to be very much needed. I expect that's going to continue. People will become more optimistic again and and more uh, feeling better about themselves and about their communities. It was a very long, dark year. I think the service sector is still really big. You just have to be creative about how you're delivering in now versus before, whether it's uh-huh. retail online and then making that into an experience because I've seen now you can try hair color online, That's given right. the fact that you can't go to the salon. And then I think that you make that delivery experience easier or more fun and you can make it outdoors, Uh whatever it is, like you were Uh saying, the gym, you know, now that you can't be in a gym, you can take that experience outdoors and make that happen. So it's about that creative delivery, but it really comes down to experience that you're providing for your customers, your clients, and what that needs to look like now versus like what it was before. Yeah. And it's hard because it's not as constant and it can also not be as lucrative, but For example, in my own experience, I am going to a trainer because I need to keep in shape and keep myself optimistic while I've been isolated here with my cat for the last how many months. So I go to a very big, airy garage that he has outfitted, and he used to work at at a gym. And we wear masks, and he cleans everything up, and it's cheaper than, than, you know, personal trainers at a gym and I'm happy and he's happy. And now all my girlfriends are going to him. So he's making lots of money. There's an example of somebody who just figured out a way to make it work for him. And now it's actually quite successful. And he's providing a service to those of us who really need to get fit, who have to stay fit. Thank you for sharing your experience and expertise. And thank you for joining me on Spark Today, Claudia. Yes. Well, thank you, Kelly. And thank you for all the good work that you do, too, and bringing really interesting information into the airwaves and into our communities, too. I've appreciated it.